Welcome to the Vagina Rehab Doctor podcast. This is for all women, vagina CEOs, even men, and all people everywhere who want to better understand vaginal health. Y'all, I'm preaching the vagina gospel and sharing the truth worldwide. Hallelujah! I'm Dr. Janelle Howell, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and your go-to resource for all things vaginal health, pelvic floor fitness, and sexual wellness. I'm teaching you everything your mama didn't about your vagina. Welcome back to another episode of the Vagina Rehab Doctor podcast. Thank you for tuning in and I'm looking forward to getting into the episode today because we have something so exciting to talk about that we don't really discuss quite a bit. Well, actually, we don't really discuss it at all. And that is clitoral erections. Before we get into the topic, I want to remind you to leave a review, a five-star raving review. If you've been listening to this podcast, getting value, learning something new, I'm inviting you to engage with me and support this podcast by leaving a review. This will be actually supporting this podcast to reach more people so that we can normalize, talk around our vaginas, our sex lives, and our pelvic health. So let's get into it today. We're talking about clitoral erections and how to have better ones. First, we need to ask you, I need to ask you, did you know that your clitoris gets hard the same way in which a man gets hard as well? The clitoris and the penis are actually very similar structures in that they both fill with blood when we are aroused and they both fill with blood when we sleep. You may have heard of morning wood, right? This is when a man is sleeping and he wakes up in the morning and he's just hard. It's just like a boner. You didn't have to do anything to him. You didn't give him a lap dance. He probably wasn't even dreaming about anything hot and sexy. This is regulated by our nervous system. And so look at the way in which the brain and the body prioritizes keeping our sexual organs alive and well by pumping more blood to them while we sleep. This is so, so important in terms of looking at the connection between your sleep and your sexual health. So if you're struggling with pleasure, if you're struggling with lubrication, if you're struggling with sexual pain, right? If you're struggling with the idea of not being scared of sex, if you have fear around it, anxiety, sleep is going to be one of the most natural ways to enhance your clitoral health. And even if you are someone who has experienced female genital mutilation, so there are some parts of the world and even some parts in the United States where they remove the clitoris, right? The head of it, not the entire the entire organ, but the head, the part that we typically see in certain parts of Asia and Africa. And, and as I said, even different parts of America, Obviously, culture has a big part to play in this and just trying to suppress female sexuality. But even if that has happened to you, or let's say you've gotten a labiaplasty and your arousal is not the same anymore, sleep is still going to promote more blood flow to your clitoris. So I want you to be thinking about how can you get seven to nine hours of sleep at night? 
seven to nine hours. And if you are a new mom or if you're parenting and that's not possible for you right now, I want you to be thinking about what is the most amount of sleep that you can get and how can you prioritize that? So that's the number one way to really work on getting harder, right? Sometimes I say this to to my fiance when I talk about clitoral erections. He's like, pause, what? (laughs) And I think we really just need to get more comfortable talking about female sexuality, clitoral health, all of that, and it just a more open way like our stuff stands up too you just can't see the entire part of it if you retract the clitoral hood that's covering your clitoris when you are aroused or even right when you wake up in the morning or even maybe after a lot of exercise and lifting weights you may notice that it's bigger there's more blood flow there let's really pay more attention to that so I want you to just, you know, take a take a little bit of a touch, you know, spend some time to see when you're aroused or when you're having sex or even after exercise or when you wake up in the morning, how does the clitoris feel? Does it feel like it's bigger? That can start improving your awareness as to what is supporting your overall clitoral health because the clitoris is going to feed on blood flow. That's what's going to enable the clitoris to thrive and to maintain its health. It also feeds off of hormones, which really impact the amount of blood flow that's coming to the clitoris. And this is why sometimes when we go through menopause or if you have lichen sclerosis, which is a condition that can impact the genital skin around the vulva and the clitoris and the labia, and it can cause those tissues to either fuse together, to shrink, to atrophy a bit. And there's ways to support that as well. So you're going to want to talk to your gynecologist about that if you're noticing like shrinkage or signs of atrophy around the labia or the clitoral hood or the clitoris. Like sometimes the clitoral hood can actually start fusing with the clitoral head. And this is why I am passionate about talking about clitoral health, even among religious communities, because we want our clitoris to be healthy as well. So if you are um, a religious person and you don't want to touch your clitoris, then consider what are some ways that you're going to be helping that tissue to stay healthy. Like I understand if you want to stay faithful to your morals and your belief system, but how are we going to maintain the clitoris, right? The hood needs to move. If you never move that hood, let's say you don't masturbate, you don't self-pleasure, you're not having sex, how are we going to keep that from just adhering down onto the hood if it's never moving? If you are never moving that hood back, if you are never touching down there at all, maybe you're not trying to get off, reach an orgasm or anything like that. You just want to touch down there. Something, something, what are we doing to maintain it? That's a question that you need to consider and just think about if you are someone who is opposed to self-touch, clitoral touch, or self-pleasure, okay? So sleeping, number one, is is the main thing. The next best way to enhance your clitoral erections is to spend more time doing things that arouse you. And what I mean by this is actually looking outside of just sexual arousal and looking into when you read certain content, do you notice that you feel a little bit more tapped in to your sexuality? Because we have the clitoral erections that are going to be bigger, right? It's like, wow, my clitoris is much bigger now. I'm having sex. 
or wow, I'm touching myself. So obviously it's bigger. But there are other ways to get blood flow down there that don't rely on direct clitoral stimulation or direct sexual activity. So for me, sometimes when I read content about sex, about sexual positions, it doesn't, I'm not even referring to pornographic material. I'm referring to just following sex educators online. Maybe they might talk about different ways to have doggy style, different ways to do missionary. Maybe I might be reading an article. And sometimes that helps me to feel more aroused because I'm just thinking about sex. Just thinking about sex in general. I mean, obviously, well, for me, at least, that's one of the ways that helps me to feel more aroused. Another example of this is taking pictures of yourself. Now, even if you are not interested in sending like erotic photos to another person, how do you feel like when you like put on something that you feel is sexy and you take pictures of yourself? You don't even have to send it to anyone. Like, let's say that you're in some some shorts that are real cute and sexy. And it's not necessarily something that you will wear outside of the house. Or let's say you're in that bra that you really love and you feel sexy in it. You feel sensual in it. Maybe taking some photos of yourself and just looking at them, putting on some, some R&B music or something that helps you to tap into your sensuality. That can also start to bring more blood flow down there. And I've noticed this for myself, even without sending anything to anyone Sometimes just me taking pictures of my own self. And of course, you can do this in the nude as well. You can take nude photos of yourself and and get rid of them if you want to. But the point is, like, engage in your sensuality to encourage blood flow to reach your clitoris. So what happens is the brain, when it picks up that we are engaging in something that is erotic, something that is arousing, it's going to send more blood flow down to the clitoris in preparation for sexual activity. And that is what's going to help that tissue to stay nice and healthy. So number one, get more sleep. Prioritize your sleep if you can. Get as much as you can. Seven to nine hours preferred. Number two, you're going to want to engage in more arousing activity. I gave you some examples of that. Another one would be weightlifting. Lifting weights, it doesn't have to be super heavy, but lifting weights, squats, hiking, fast-paced walking, uphill, lunges, you know, deadlifting, upper body weights. Those are going to be things that encourage your muscles to do more pumping. And whenever our muscles are pumping more, they're going to require more blood. So the pelvic floor muscle also has a part to play in pumping blood to our clitoris and our uterus. And so when you're at the gym doing those workouts, Baby, your pelvic floor is working more than you think. And during that time, your clitoris is also getting more blood flow from the pelvic floor muscles doing that pumping activity. So sleep, sensual arousing activity. And number three, exercise. Now, I would be remiss if I did not say this, direct clitoral stimulation for longer periods of time. And if clitoral, direct clitoral stimulation for you is painful, or if let's say you're not able to expose the head, like maybe your hood is adhered, or let's say it's just too sensitive, then you can also just do vulvar stimulation. So around the the vaginal opening or the inner labia or the outer labia or the just the hood, right? So maybe not directly onto the head. All of those things can help to just activate those receptors on your clitoris and help to nourish the tissue. It honestly, sometimes it doesn't even have anything to do with you being super sexual. It's just a matter of health, right? It's a matter of how do I keep this tissue healthy? It's the same thing with your low back. 
How do you keep your low back healthy? It's you getting up after an hour of sitting and you standing up for a minute or two or even five minutes. Maybe it's you going to that exercise class, right? Maybe it's you're, you're doing your stretches. We have to think about the clitoris is an organ, just like every other part of the body, and it has health requirements. So what are some of the ways that we're going to really nourish the clitoris? And these are the top ways. So with direct clitoral stimulation, if you're having sex with someone or if you're self-pleasuring, this may be a sex toy, right? And I'm going to be talking about this in my masterclass on the 24th, ways to really arouse you outside of just direct clitoral stimulation, because we tend to forget the different erogenous zones all throughout the body. So we're going to be getting into that in my masterclass on the 24th. It's called the I Come First Pleasure Masterclass. And there's a link in the show notes if you want to come. One of the ways that we can really think about more stimulation to the clitoris is also whether we're doing penetration, what positions are going to stimulate the clitoris more. If we're not doing penetration, what are some ways that we can stimulate the clitoris? So manual, right? That's with your finger. There's toys. Some people also use like water. Other people like to use a pillow. It really just depends on what your preferences are. So keep those things in mind, you all. We want to make sure that we're not forgetting about any body part. So listen, there's an elephant in the room for for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, is is she talking about masturbation right now? Isn't she a Christian? I am. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I'm actually a preacher as well. I believe in the Bible. I do want to say, though, that for a lot of people, the concern is, well, aren't you going to be lusting if you're touching yourself? And I would just like to pose a few questions. Do you need to masturbate to lust? Can you have lustful thoughts without masturbating? And then the next question would be, do you need to lust to masturbate? Masturbation, just that word alone, has a lot of history behind it. And I I prefer not to even use that word. Because like I've been talking about, for many people, it's not about getting off, you know, lusting or any, it's about health for a lot of people. They just want to maintain their health, right? They don't want to have the atrophy of the clitoris. They don't want to have these clitoral adhesions. They want to, you know, maybe your clitoris is getting pale. There's so many things that can happen when we just don't use it at all, right? So I want you to just think about what are some ways that, and and if you're not comfortable with self-touch, all the other things that I've been talking about this whole episode are some ways that you could also engage in. So listen, I don't know about you, but I know about me and I want my clitoris to be thriving because it helps with my overall mental health. It helps with lubrication. It helps with pain management. It helps me to feel bonded with my partner when I am going to be engaging in those sexual activities. The clitoris has so many different purposes that we just don't give it enough credit for. So that's it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Run it back if you need to go back and listen to something. But listen, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And I hope to see you again next week for another episode of the Vagina Rehab Doctor Podcast.